It's only real if you make it real. Don't try and fight it. Where is this going? Imagine a cliff with no bottom. You're on the edge of that cliff. Make the wrong choice now. You fall forever. That's not a concealed weapon, officer. He's just showing it to me. Welcome to Highlander Rewatch. <laughs> Gross. Is that a concealed weapon in your pocket, or are you just showing it to me? Which is the opposite of concealing. True. Showing is the literally the opposite of concealing. <laughs> anyway. Welcome to Highlander Rewatched, the podcast where each and every week we look at another facet of the Highlander universe and discuss it in detail. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. And welcome to this week's podcast, uh, where Was we are going to... murdered and replaced by some kind of robot? Yeah. I am a robot. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, all right. That happened. Hello, Keith. How did you come to be, Eamon Bot? Hello, Kyle. Eamon created me as a backup, just in case anything ever happened to him. What, what, what happened to him? Yeah, what? Was it you? I destroyed him. <laughs> I wanted to talk to you guys. And make you guys my friends. Interesting. You're off to a rocky start with, you know, destroying our friend. Oops. <laughs> Eamon had a heart attack. He has a very unhealthy lifestyle. He drinks too much and does not exercise. <laughs> well, is you that, are is, observant. <laughs> Eamon bot. Ha, is, that ha, why, ha. is that why you destroyed him? Uh, I was just kidding. He died of natural causes on the toilet. <laughs> Eating a Wawa hoagie that he got from a gift card from his mother. That's like a Philadelphia Elvis Presley story. I'm digging it. It is exactly like that. Anyway. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on Highlander, Eamon Bot. We'll hopefully hear from you more later. You will. (laughs) So, before we jump into this week's episode, which is going to be Season 3, Episode 9, Shadows, we've had some reader mail we wanted to talk about. Okay, guys, our first bit of reader mail is from George T., and he writes us about the episode Courage. Uh, He says, hi, first off, thanks for a great podcast uh, and one of my favorite episodes, especially the how many doors does Joe's bar have? Uh, I never given it any thought. Always presumed it was the door in line with Kyle's thinking. But Richie's demeanor definitely indicated to me that he had just arrived. So I agree there must be an upstairs entrance. As ridiculous as that seems and how the show presents this quote unquote fact. An alternative fact. True. Yeah. That's the alternative entrance. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, he was actually emailing about your buzz discussion a few episodes ago where Cullen only gives off a buzz when he revives. Uh, We've seen this before in flashbacks where Duncan revives after being gassed by Xavier St. Cloud back in uh, one of the World Wars. Um, A defense mechanism, perhaps. That's right. That does happen. Of course, then it's contradicted by Nefertiti giving off a buzz from her coffin when it passes uh, Duncan Uh. at the beginning of Pharaoh's Daughter. Is she dead at that moment or just like taking a nap? Good yeah. question. She's just like in a. I took it that she was in some type of slumber. Can you just be asleep for like a thousand years or does she like well, you gotta suffocate bo- constantly? I don't know. Maybe she's just not in like a death like torpor. She's just like hmm. Riff Van Winkling. Hmm. Or maybe it doesn't make any sense maybe at all. <laughs> every day I'm winkling. Uh, <laughs> Henry Winkling. <laughs> yeah, that's it. 
Hey. Hey, I'm always Fonzin. <laughs> uh, you've spoken how the fans didn't really like Duncan's relationship with Anne. I didn't mind the actress, but the stilted dialogue between them is jarring. Also, Duncan never acts like I'd imagine a 400-year-old should when asking her out. <laughs> um, last thing. What's that mean? Yeah. Uh, last thing. He a big debate. Like, ask her father if he can, like, sell her some cows yeah. to date her? Like, <laughs> we, that... we, I think, have talked about that before, that that would be a really funny premise for a Highlander episode. Like, that yeah. someone, like that would be, like, the Sully character would like have all these old kind of conventions on how to ask out women yeah it's like i have uh six horses that i can trade why won't she go out with me i have this stockpile of grain um grain so last big thing a big debate when this uh aired was how duncan sustained a neck wound in the episode and there was no scar afterwards as opposed to the spoiler callous scar that follows at the end of the season oh the kagan and that's right an episode coming up where it specifically marked that duncan is scarless oh right. right yeah so they're really calling that out but yeah that is a good point that yeah it's definitely in the movie uh yeah. which maybe doesn't exist in this universe so that's okay mm. but yeah definitely callous in a few episodes is gonna get a scar what's up with that that's right and not to mention xavier's missing hand that's True. right uh so george says as always keep up the good work really enjoying it thank, thank you, you very george. much george all right, our next uh, bit of writer writer mail, reader mail. Well, they did from, write it. Yeah, they did. It, they are in fact writers and readers, hmm. and they're not reading us. So they're uh, listening. A, they're listening. There's a lot wrong with this, <laughs> but we should leave it in. Uh, in any case, this comes from Brian S. about our episode "Rite of Passage." Rewatchers, great episode, guys. It was. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, a- <laughs> I was thinking that Mac was fighting the urge to use, in quotes, his sword on Michelle. Ooh. Uh, maybe in that Mac was confusing her with rolling the hay girl. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy. Yeah. Uh, that's actually uh, not that feminine voice I put on it, but there is a parenthetical creepy with multiple exclamation points. Mm. Was it just my imagination, or do we actually get to see a floating head, Axel's head, and body when Mac took his head? There's two objects in the water floating. <laughs> I definitely missed that. Yeah, so also, did I. Also, this is the first of two immortals to show up in all white and that end up falling into the water with McLeod, spoiler, and loose. <laughs> P.S. Being snarky is cool. Lol. I'm not <laughs> sure what that means. Brian S. Is he mocking us? I don't know. Are, Are we, we snarky? Us? Did we make a Did reference? Did we make a reference to being snarky? I don't know. Probably. Did he write us another email where he was snarky? I don't recall. I don't remember either. There's we, a lot of reader mail. We should also mention this. I feel like we are getting more and more reader mail like every week. And uh, we've gotten a couple of messages like, hey, how do you pick reader mail? <laughs> but yeah, we, uh, having started this show, have been obviously amassing quite the following. Uh, so every week we get like, Kind of an unmanageable amount of reader mail for time and, you know, also some of them are, like, weird. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get weird. Uh, so we pick them based on their kind of relevance uh, to what we're talking about. If usually new points are brought up that weren't discussed, if other people have either discussed it or it's something we mentioned and people are just kind of echoing what we've already said, we might not read it. Honestly, sometimes it's just a little random to what we're able to get to. Uh, but know that we do read every single person's email. So if you write us... We've read it. Yep. Um, it might not get read every week on the show. That doesn't mean you shouldn't keep writing us. Uh, it might never get read on the show. No. But we all do read them and usually talk about them. Also, you know, if you say something really interesting or funny, we're on board. Yeah. Oh, That's also, really like- the length of the email sometimes is important. Like, we really cannot just read, like, pages of stuff. That's rough. 
yeah. on everybody. Uh, so usually if they're a little succinct, uh, it's helpful. Though, you know, if you're writing a treatise on Highlander, we'd love to read it. Yes. Send us your treatises. It will yeah, be tr- quite a treatise. Ooh, I see what nice. you did there. Aim Boom goes the dynamite. I was going to say treat us to your treatises. Treatise. Um, also, we just want to give a big shout out to Jim S. from Detroit. Uh, he's the one who sent us like a whole goodie bag of Highlander stuff. Uh, so we've been going through it. Some of this stuff is going to get released. It's going to be really cool uh, as a podcast. Uh, so we just want to thank Jim again for sending us all that cool stuff. And he mentioned he's even got some more on the way, oh. uh, which is really cool, I think, for the whole Highlander community, because that stuff is just going to be more content for the podcast. And we're going to be sharing that with everybody out there. So yeah. thank you again, Jim. You're the hero we deserve. It's true. You're generous. Generosity is a monument to this show. Jimerosity. The Jimerosity. Yeah, from now on, it will be Jimerosity. That's right. <laughs> uh, and then finally, uh, we just wanted to give a quick mention to uh, one of our listeners, David G. Uh, yeah, yeah. from L.A. We've talked about him before. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's written us quite a bit. Uh, but he wrote us an email that he actually got to interview Jason Isaacs, oh. uh, which everyone probably remembers from the episode The Lady and the Tiger. A good uh, so yeah, so <laughs> he wrote us and said, "Fellas, oh boy, I just interviewed Jason Isaacs for something, and to break the ice, I brought up his episode of Highlander. He was surprised anyone remembered he was even on." <laughs> wow. Um, he only said a couple things about it, but one that was he was super impressed with Adrian Paul. Uh, Isaacs was worried about the sword fight scenes and grew more concerned that Adrian wasn't rehearsing with him. Isaacs was getting his moves down, but then Adrian showed up, and it was time to shoot. Adrian was pulled aside, quickly told what to do, and then, according to Isaac, Isaacs, executed it beautifully. Adrian was impressive. The other story was that Isaacs was a victim of the lunchtime wine. Being a lightweight, Isaacs said he was legless for the rest of the afternoon. Um, I told him that was probably one of the last times the crew got shit-faced at lunch due to the injury risks. I also told him that you guys and I found him to be one of the best villains of the season, which is very true. Yeah. Uh, so... That's really cool. Um, sadly, none of the uh, none of the Highlander stuff is in the actual printed interview that uh, David did. But if you're interested in reading this interview with Jason Isaacs, who is now the in the new Star Trek series, oh, uh, he's in the Harry Potter movies as, as Luscious Malfoy. That's right. Mm, he is um, Luscious. There's <laughs> Luscious Locks. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but hubba, this hubba. this interview is pretty mm, cool. Pure wizard blood. No mm. point. Mm. Uh, so check out. Oh my God, guys! <laughs> check out this interview uh, at Emmys.com and just search for the article title, which is the work is the thing yeah, yeah. emmys.com thanks a lot david for sharing it with us thank you david we appreciate it also we haven't even started drinking yet we've already had an aim and bot and multiple lip smacking sounds so mm. hang on to your butts guys yeah. hold on to your butts jackson all right so it's time to jump into this episode shadows that's right so this week we're talking about season three episode nine Shadows. Uh, so this episode was first aired Monday, November 21st, 1994. It was directed by Charles Wilkinson. Uh, this is his second of four Highlander episodes. His first was Courage. This that was a good one. This guy's quite the character, start. I think. Uh, like in the interviews with him, he seems like he's he's a, a cool guy. Oh. The writer of this episode was David Tynan. Uh, he, of course, has done a bunch of episodes, uh, the most recent being Line of Fire, which we all loved. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, but he's also done a bunch more Counterfeit, The Return of Amanda, Turnabout. Uh, he's written a ton of the Highlander episodes. Yeah, yeah. The guest stars in this episode are Garwin Sanford as John Garrick. Uh, this guy his, has. His first name's really Garwin. Yes. Yeah, Garwin. That, that literally sounds like a Dungeons and Dragons character. Yeah. yeah, like 
This is like somebody watched Lord of the Rings and so, oh, my elf's name is Arwen. Oh, that's taken. I'll go with Garwin. <laughs> Make haste, Garwin. The orcs close in. Or is Garwin an orc? Garwin could be an orc. I'm Garwin the orc. <laughs> Half orc. Half orc. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, he's done a insane amount of TV, mostly. Um, he's done some MacGyver. He did Rin Tin Tin, Canine Cow. Um, and he's is he a member done... of the Phoenix Foundation? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> For so... those who don't know, that's the name of the undisclosed purpose secret society that MacGyver is a part of in Ooh. the original show. It's the Phoenix Foundation. Yeah, He's also done uh, Stargate SG-1. And then I also wrote down he was in a movie called Super Volcano. Ooh. Ooh. Is the Super Volcano fight anything? Sadly, no. No, it's not like Super Volcano versus Mega Piranha. (laughs) (laughs) He was also on Nightman. Ah! Oh, nice. Sorry, Johnny Domino. Johnny Domino. Yeah, he's Johnny Domino. Pizza. So, uh, this episode also has, uh, I'm just going to mention this, Catherine Hackrist as Marcia. We saw her in the background in the episode Courage. She's like the nurse. Oh, yeah. returning nurse. Right. Huh. But it's it's like, I think it's kind of cool that the, the show one has who, like, like a reoccurring background character. Yeah. I think that's like a nice thing that sh- some shows do. Like, I don't know. I appreciate it. Like Stargate, the guy who operated the gate. Yeah. Like he eventually, like he was in the show so much, he became like kind of like a beloved character. Yeah. Just for like saying, Chevron locked. Yeah. <laughs> So she's in this episode. She's that, done a bunch of TV. Did too. he operate the Stargate or just like another gate? Just the Stargate. He's actually just no. the doorman. The doorman. Yeah. <laughs> He's just the beloved doorman he to another he, dimension. <laughs> the gate to the stars. It's yeah. on a studio line. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he does this tours. Yeah. So are we ready for the IMDb episode description? I've yep. never been more ready for anything because I feel like I purposely don't read the IMDb descriptions on these. I want to get like the raw take. Yeah. I'm like, I was excited for this one. All right, here we go, guys. Duncan is having nightmares and hallucinations of fighting against a shadowy figure wearing a dark hooded robe. When he meets an old immortal friend, John Garrick, at Garrick's art show, he discovers Garrick had the same hallucination (laughs) and wants to know why Duncan has no medical history. Will Duncan gain control of his mind, or is there something more to the problem? That's, like, a pretty good one. It's not bad. It's... It Weird. says Garrick a lot. It does say Garrick. <laughs> the, this Too one, like, yeah, this one really needs like some pronouns. Yeah. Also, the weird insert about Anne. Anne wants to know why he has no medical history. Well, it should it should be also Anne wants yeah. to know. Like, also, <laughs> Doctor Anne Lindsay. All right, are we ready to jump in? Yeah. Yeah, All right. buddy. This has got a pretty cool opening. We open mm-hmm. in Joe's bar. It's like a crane shot sort of thing it's not a crane but they're coming there's a lot of aerial shots and they're not aerial but like these elevated shots looking down on people are like rampant throughout this episode and it's like through a fan yeah a lot of mood and duncan's playing the piano he's playing moonlight sonata by beethoven Ooh, it's a very moody piece moody moody. right so max playing this he stops and joe's like hey i didn't know you played and mac is like I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, sorry, go on. <laughs> so Mac is like clearly super melancholy, yeah. and mopey. Yeah, he's like, he, he's the dark side of Bat Mac mm-hmm. yeah. that broods so, in a cave. So this is the scene, he leaves Red Joe's job. bar. Uh, so I guess he's just been hanging out after yeah. hours with Joe. And Joe's like piano. cleaning instruments. Yeah. He's like shining his guitar. Shining the axe. That's right. He's got to polish that Shine, axe. Polishing the axe. That's right. So Mac goes outside, and there In, is the... Into a Prince music video. Yeah. <laughs> this is just like Prince without all the tits. Like, everything is purple. Prince without the tits. 
everything yeah. is purple. It's just yeah. like he's in a purple world. Yeah. If it rained, you know what color the rain would be? It'd be fucking purple. <laughs> <laughs> well, and who is there but the ghost of Christmas yet to come? I was going to yeah. say he's a Nazgul. Yes, yeah, so yeah. after that. There's a ring yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah, the year to fight. Beggins Shire. That's Gollum. Gollum says that. Does he? No, yeah. I think they say it too. They say No, it. they torture him. They, oh. they torture Smeagol right. until he reveals where the ring is. Right. And he goes, Shia! Beggins! Yeah. And then the rays go and try to murder. This is the second Lord of the Rings reference we've made here. It won't be the last. <laughs> no, it will not. Mac follows this like ghostly figure through the door into Purple like, Rain. Yeah. There's like a lot of steam or mist or fog or I like the way smoke. all of this... Looks. Yeah, it looks great. This is cool. Yeah. This is like kind of from the jump. I'm into this episode. I'm like, whatever this is, cool as shit. Yeah, it's good. Matt keeps following this figure, and he sees the like the ghost figure, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, get out of my way or fight. It's yeah. like, what? Get out of my way! Like you're following it. Like yeah. it's not in your way. Get in your all. get in your car and go home. Yeah. It's just like, stop being in my general orbit. <laughs> Be not in my vicinity. <laughs> but this cloak guy isn't saying nothing. Nope. And then they get down to business and they mm-hmm. start fighting. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. But Mac, like, loses. Yeah. It's not good. He gets, like, yeah, the, the across... ring wraith is, like, pretty insubstantial. And he doesn't have any fire to fight it with. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so this ends with the ring wraith taking Mac's head. And right I... when he does, cut. And Mac wakes up from, like, a night terror. And he freaks out. It's, yeah. like, it's a well-done bit of acting. He looks... This is awesome. Again, the fact that this is, like, a dream... Like, the premise of this episode, I fucking love. I don't know what your guys' opinion of this episode is in general, but I'm fucking into it. Uh, I like the premise of this episode, <laughs> and I like this open. I like the but, visuals in this episode yeah. a lot. So yeah. we'll, be, we'll be talking about that, Apparently. I'm sure, at the end, but... Uh, nope. Anyway, Mac We're not talking about delivers the a, a solid performance in this entire yeah. opening sequence. Yeah. It's great. This would be a cool teaser, too. Like, in season four, they start doing, like, the teaser before the credits. Like, this episode, this is perfect. Like, Mac wakes up for a dream. Boom. Teaser. Like, yeah. yeah. And he's sweaty and Yeah, I wonder if they're thinking like... that way yet or not. That maybe we should do teasers and they're experimenting. Because hmm. there's another episode in this batch that I think does the same thing. Hmm. Yeah. And he's there next to Anne, who's witnessed his night terror. She's That's right. concerned. Yeah. So we cut to the next morning. Anne's on the phone trying to play hooky from work. That's Can right. you do that in the emergency room? Well, in uh, in the script I checked, there's some cut dialogue, and the cut dialogue has her switching shifts with somebody. Uh, so that's what she's doing. Uh, sorry, the emergency room is doctorless today. She's at an art show. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's important. She's got to buy a gargoyle, so that's, that's right. important. So Anne's very concerned about Mac, and he kind of like even snaps at her. He's like, yeah, I was counting sheep. Like, whatever. Like, he's really dismissive of these dreams he's having. And, and he's been having them for a while. Yeah. Yeah. This is an ongoing phenomenon that he's been struggling with. So mm-hmm. Anne suggests they need to take, it's like, Mac needs to take a break. And I had in my notes, a from break from what? what? <laughs> Mac, Mac kind of seems like a deadbeat these days. Like, yeah. what, what does Mac he do? What does he do? What, what do you do all thing? day? Like, what does Ant, like, run the dojo? I thought Richie was doing that. Yeah. yeah. What is his job? He doesn't. Does he I he guess exercises he, a lot. I guess he doesn't have the antique store anymore. Right. What the hell is he doing? Being a rich playboy. He, he's yeah. probably jerking off all day. <laughs> he's managing Richie. <laughs> That's what I would yeah. do. <laughs> Mac is a one-man job of managing Richie. <laughs> well, Richie's a uh, lot to handle. You know what it's I mean? True. He's too hot to handle. Too, too hot cold to, to handle. <laughs> <laughs> so Anne suggests they should do something. Eventually, Matt comes around and he's like, well, there's an art oh, show. Th- there's an art show. So yeah. let's go do that. So Anne says she's going to get home. 
change, and we'll meet in an hour. Because everything with Anne is in an hour. It is. Everything's an hour. Yeah. I have to be at work in an hour. You deal with Kenny. Maybe her uh, watch doesn't have a minute hand. Oh, that's actually probably it. You nailed it. No. Oh. That's good work. <laughs> Everything's rounded to the nearest hour. She's late a lot. <laughs> yeah. We cut downstairs to the dojo. Anne is on her way out. What uh, the fuck is this? This is... <laughs> And this is sane B plot. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is the beest of B plots. Yeah, like this might be a D plot. <laughs> like it's that stupid. Richie, Richie. <laughs> Sorry, it's an L plot. L yeah. lightning. <laughs> Corey lightning. That's right. Too, oh, too much. Too, too flashy. Much, too flashy. Too flashy. Is he a you professional should be, wrestler. Should be Corey Q. Corey quickening. Corey. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, so no, you abandoning that one. Nope. Corey Lewandowski. Oh, I like that. Richie introduces Anne to this guy, Corey. And an, an unpaid, like, extra who has no lines. Does he have any lines? Ooh. He does say, he Maybe does he speak. says one thing, but I bet it's on What is it? He's like, nice place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice place. Definitely not enough to get paid his, like, union uh, quota. No, or whatever. And he just is, like, staring off into space. Being like, tall. Who and is at, this guy? I don't know. And also, like Richie, he's like, like a they blues want... guitarist. Like that's yeah. what he like. No, he can play. Is... He can play anything, anything, Keith. He does not look like a blues guitarist, right? Also, he looks like a grunge guy. Yeah, because he's got like the flannel. He's got like a leather jacket. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. Also, there's cut dialogue about more about this guy, Corey. Also, apparently, a lot of stuff was cut, like with this B plot. Oh, really? They Sadly, didn't think, they, they didn't go think, all the way. They didn't think that yeah. there was actually just going to be an entire plot where he just goes even flow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I would love to hear Princess the Universe done in the style of uh, like Eddie Vedder. <laughs> yeah, we should work on that. Let's yeah. call Eddie. And here we are, <laughs> the princess of the universe. Has he? He's probably sung that. Why? Why, Why would know. he probably just, have like, done a like in the, like the shower? In the car. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, it's an easy <laughs> to sing song. I imagine Eddie Vedder sings a lot. There's a bunch of cut stuff with Corey that, like, Richie found him under a bridge playing for quarters. Like, Corey, by all means, is like a homeless guitar playing man. Yeah, that Richie has taken. This under is like his that way. Jamie Fox movie. Ray. Ray? <laughs> no, but the, yeah, the, the cello one, the one where. Robert Downey Jr. finds him yeah. under a bridge playing like a central park thing or whatever. Or whatever. I know what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. Yep. Oh, so you're saying that they uh, they ripped off this episode of Highlander? Yeah. They're actually just talking about Corey Lightning the whole yep. time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Did we say that like Richie's like t- saying to Anne he's going to manage this guy? Yeah. No. So Richie's now yeah, his that's... agent. Oh, this is easy. I'm going to get him a gig at Joe's, and then he'll have a record contract, and we'll all be set. And it's like okay, this Richie. Is, this is first season Richie shenanigans. Yeah. Is. I have that, in my notes. I'm like, is... is this? Are we at back to the used car salesman Richie? That's yep. exactly yeah. what this that is. A hundred percent. Richie has a different fucking job every. Fucking yeah, he's got episode. a new scheme. I thought he was going legit managing this place. Yeah. Dumb. He's still, he's still got these get rich quick schemes. So anyway, is Joe's like on. a house of blues or something, or is it a dive bar? I think it's supposed to be like a house of blues. I mean it is a dive bar. It like looks like such a dump. Yeah, I think it is. I'd a go dump. I'd go see some blues there. And do they though. serve food there? Yes. They yeah. absolutely do. I think Ken Gordon mentioned there's a door to a kitchen. Right. There's definitely ketchup on those tables. Ketchup? Yeah, there's definitely. They're just lousy with ketchup. Maybe that's all they serve. Just <laughs> ketchup. You can have a Sriracha? cup. Sriracha? No. Yeah. No, not no, at Joe's. Never at Joe's. 
Anyway, Never. so she, I can't tell if Anne's being sarcastic or not, but she's like, you should take Mr. Lightning up to see Mac. It'll cheer yeah. him up. No, <laughs> does she really think it will, or is she joking that, like, this That's actually funny. Yeah, I like oh, yeah. the reading that she's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought she was just like, you guys should go upstairs and kiss, because the way you're talking, that's, like, all it seems like you're here to do. This is actually Richie's line. He's like, hey, baby, I'll manage you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know people. Right, Richie's you, cruising. You, you stick, me, stick with me, and we'll go straight to the stars. I'm an agent. All right, so we cut upstairs at the loft. Richie's coming up with Mr. Lightning. And Mac's getting the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, and Please, Mac Mr. Hears the Lightning. He's like, I'm out. Like, so Mac is really like detaching. Yeah. From Please, his Mr. Life. Lightning was my father. <laughs> so, Corey, Cor- call me Corey Light. Mac goes out that side door that we've been talking about recently. Because he wusses out. Yeah, this would have been a good episode to follow courage. He absorbs the quickening from his old buddy oh, who's yeah. lost his nerve. Then all of a sudden he starts having similar fears. He starts like being concerned that a confrontation's coming his way. So he mm-hmm. wusses out in an unmac like fashion. I like I'm that te- these two are connected. Yeah, I'm teasing my eventual thoughts on this I have some episode, thoughts as well. As but- much as I like this episode, this is not an episode without flaws so gargoyles now, yeah but one of those flaws is definitely not Corey light am no. i right yep he's the best part of this Probably. episode i'm gonna say it right now why didn't you get a spinoff yeah. Corey and richie yeah torn around they call it the light show <laughs> light show <laughs> so we cut to an outdoor sculpture garden thing mm-hmm. i remember uh, this scene cut to balls. vividly cut- vividly Cut to balls on a gargoyle's chin. It's just got like <laughs> straight up nards hanging from its neck. Wow, it's, I didn't notice that. Uh, yeah, look at it. It's jarring. I laughed out loud. I laughed really hard. It just straight up is a gargoyle with testicles on its face. Wow, it was a character cut from the Disney Afternoon program Gargoyles. gargoyles yeah. It was an age of fear. It was an age of gargoyles. Starring Jonathan Jonathan Frakes. Yeah. Half the cast of TNG. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're at this art show, and Anne does not seem to like this art. But Max's like, oh, critics call it a smash. It's like, what is this? Like, uh, so the (laughs) sign on the wall. He's editing it. It's actually, they they call it a smash because they want to smash the The (laughs) guards. So I just want to point this out because I have comments on this later. There is a sign that says Garrick, the sculptures of Garrick. Uh, And it says September 12th through 16th. And it says the Municipal Art Museum. Let's talk about that in a little bit. I think that's important. Okay. Is it? Is it really? For me and my jokes, yes. (laughs) Oh, okay. Uh, So Anne's like really shitting on this. This feels like Test criticizing art. She's like, oh, this kid must have grown. Like, he must have had a lot of problems as a kid. Like, poking pins and dolls and all this stuff. It's like, nobody seems to think, like, any sort of art that's not, like, flowery is Mm. worth anything in this show. Yeah. Like, in Studies in Light, they're like, why is it violent? It's like, I don't know, because... It's important to depict that yeah. art, I think. I don't know. Very strange. Did you find these gargoyles interesting, though? No, they're very gen- These are like generic styrofoam gargoyles that Steve Gagan probably made. Yeah. Yeah. Or they found in like a Halloween store. Yeah. <laughs> they don't look bad. They don't look bad at all. I think yeah. they actually look kind of okay. Uh, yeah. To call them art is a stretch. Yeah. But they're art. If they're legitimate stone carvings, they're, they're large art. paperweights. I feel like if you shrunk these down, you'd get these in a knickknack store. <laughs> Yeah. Ooh. you were just you were the one just ragging <laughs> like literally two seconds ago you were like oh it's dark it's not art only things that are flowers qualify as art and then two seconds later you're like yeah but this isn't art though well, i just don't think it's really yeah. good art <laughs> I, I don't think the content of it is necessarily like it seems like I mean, we can all dark- agree that balchin gargoyle <laughs> is a masterpiece which i assume is what he names it or he, either that or he calls it like teabag a freeze and that's it <laughs> 
All right. So Max's old oh, friend right. John He's Garrick. Not used anymore. Duncan's friend John Garrick comes Harold out. My, my notes have autocorrected Garrick to garlic a lot of the times. So John Garlic, garlic. Johnny Garlic comes out. Garlic Jr. Yep. Uh, and Max surprised to see him because he escaped the dead zone. But I'm confused why he is surprised to see him because his name is John Garrick. His yeah. name seems to have always been John Garrick. Max suggested going to this art show. And he was like, what are you doing here? And he's like, it's my art show. It is? Anyone think that was weird? I guess the name John Garrick is relatively generic. Also, he looks like Harold Ramis. So yeah. oh, I know yeah. just refer to him as Egon the whole <laughs> yeah. time. So Egon comes over. So it turns out he used to be a stone carver. And I guess now he's doing this as his gig. So we get a flashback uh, to an English village in 1665. And Mac is like looking rather foppish. Yeah. He's got his musketeer look. Yeah. He's going. Some old crone comes up to him. Some yeah, and talks about witches. And yeah, it's crazy. Yep. Oh, it's it's bonkers. It's She's awesome. trying to sell him a charm. That be the witches that you smell. <laughs> Which it's, is just like no. Someone almost throws a bucket of shit on Mac. It's yeah. Like, I don't think it's witches you smell. I think, I think it's, it's that, that bucket like, of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're smelling an era before sanitation when cities were literally a nightmare. Yeah. I thought this set is awesome. It is. Uh, so check this out. So this is at a place called the Fantasy Gardens, hmm. and it's like a plant supply store. It's a plant supply it's a store. store. Uh, I checked it out on like Google Maps, and even on YouTube, you can like it's abandoned now, and it like looks really creepy because it's all like grown over and stuff. Wow. Uh, but there's like people have done like drone footage of it. It's really awesome. But I want to play a clip of David Tynan talking about this location because he has a really funny story about it. Oh, we had shot the episode or large part of the episode's flashback out at uh, Fantasy Gardens in Vancouver, which stood in for uh, London in the 1600s. Uh, and in that particular uh, flashback, McLeod's friend, played by Garwin Sanford, another immortal, is going to be burned at the stake uh, because they think he's, he's a witch. Dozens of extras, they were in great character, they did a fabulous job. So we had these peasants jumping up and down and screaming, burn him, burn him, burn him. When it came time for a break and for lunch, our extras went over to the, uh, you know, to the lunch wagon and found that Jackie Chan, who was shooting Rumble in the Bronx in another what? part of Fantasy Gardens, another part of this location, had had his, his extras had gone for lunch and had taken our extras food. Uh, so our extras weren't in any mood to fool around, and they were about ready to burn Jackie Chan's crew, I think, uh, at the stake at that point. Wow. I'm sure Jackie Chan didn't mean it. He seems like such a lovely guy. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Isn't that great? That's, that's crazy. That's super cool. I can't believe this is just like a standing location. Yeah, right? That multiple productions could be filming there at the same time. Bonkers. That's really weird. As weird as burning people at the stake, because that's where we are. Yep. yep. So Mac asked some townsperson or whatever where the stonecutter Garrick is. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, he's getting, you know. He's getting burn a witch. Yeah. Uh, so Mac's like, uh-oh. And so he goes into like the town square and finds that they are getting like a pyre ready and they're gonna like yeah they've got a whole line of witches that they're ready to light up mac is like talking to garrick and garrick his wife and child died in a fire and, and he saw it yeah claims. well we find out first mac is arguing with these like officials like hey like don't burn garrick he's just like stricken with grief because his family died he said and he saw it and then the officials like no it's he saw it 20 miles away like they reveal that garrick had some sort of vision and that's why they yeah. are uh, gonna burn him Right, all, all, along with a young girl and her cat. Yes. yes. They're gonna, guys, what happens to the cat? Oh. Does Max save the cat? Yeah. Yeah, where? How'd he, how'd he get away? Uh, he got it on the horse. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that Slan <laughs> the cat? 
Yep. She says that's the witches you smell. Does she mean like you smell the witches like they're burning flesh? Oh. Is that like a really dark oh, line wow. about what you smell? I think you're right. Ooh, that's, that's gross. That's super gross. Yeah. Uh, so Mac is arguing and Garrick is like, do you want to see what the devil really is? So he steals Mac's like knife and he's trying to stab himself. Uh, to kind of prove that he's immortal. But Mac tries to stop him, and eventually Mac gets stabbed. But then Mac wakes up pretty quickly, mm-hmm. and everyone is freaking out now, thinks Mac is a witch. So they're going to burn him, too. Also, in the background, like, everyone's freaking out when Mac wakes up. Did anyone hear the voice going on in the background? No. Oh, What's There's a guy in the background who's just like, I have never seen anything like it! It's really, <laughs> it's really good. Is it a ghost? Yeah. <laughs> There's a very surprised ghost in the background. Maybe it's one of the people that already died, and their yeah. ghost is come yeah. back to see what else is going on. Oh, I better see that. I better hang around for the rest of these trials. I mean, why go home? I already took the day off. So Mac gets awesome, and he does like devil horns and starts hissing at everybody. Uh, he also bonks the guards. Yeah, we're skipping ahead a little bit. Yeah, we are. Mac wakes up. Also, there are these real creepy children like playing at noosing each other and like being all around creepers. They've already got Garrick and the girl up on the pyre. And Mac is, like, down to, like, his skivvies or something. He's wearing, like, a sheet, and it's, like, bloody from when he got stabbed. And there's a weird cut because that shirt comes off real quick. I don't know if anyone noticed that. Like, he's wearing his jacket. Then there's a cut. He's in his full musketeer garb. And and then there's a cut, and he's just not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. But he's like, I'll climb up on the pyre like a man or something. Yeah, like, the guards are, like, escorting him to the pyre, and he, like, throws them off. He's like, let me do it. And they're totally cool with it. They're like, okay, okay, yeah, you can do it. You're just a witch. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, you're just an immortal hell beast. we've, like, really saw this come back to life. You go ahead and handle it. And then we trust you. Yeah, he he officially, it's more of a bop. A bop. He bops bops them. And then he makes his escape. Yeah, with devil horns. He, like, goes, like, yeah, and like gives them the horns, and people are freaked out because so, they're superstitious morons. <laughs> so uh, Mac and the girl get on a horse, and Garrett get on a horse, and they all start to ride away. Or do they? Mm, we'll find out later. So back in the present, Garrett gifts Mac a uh, statue of a gargoyle, and then Anne's like, "Oh, he seems level-headed." Right. Uh, and there's some funny like dialogue when Anne and Mac are walking. Like he's like, "Oh, how do you guys know each other?" And Mac's like, "I gave him a ride once. Like the party was getting out of hand." Yeah. I thought that was good. <laughs> that's a good line. So Mac is just carrying this statue with him. And yeah. So this is why I wanted to talk about this art show in general and the sign that we saw. This statue, first off, weighs like at least fifty pounds, probably hundred. <laughs> Mac is just like, like this is not something you carry home in your car. Right. Uh, one, but like, why not? I mean, I guess you could. Whatever. Are you incapable of carrying a thing that's fifty pounds? This is this, also is Adrian Paul. <laughs> no, Adrian Paul can totally do it. I'm just saying to give somebody something like this on the spot is like I'll come back for that later. Like I yeah. also, I imagine they need to finish the show exactly. So this show, first off, this seems like a big outdoor show. Like these pieces, there are a bunch of them. This would amount to I would say thousands of pounds of stone. Uh, so this probably took the, the, the piece is pretty small. Well, no, this piece is. I'm saying the entire show oh. is thousands of pounds. This, some of this stuff probably took cranes to get there. Why is this show four days long? This seems like this should be permanent or up for yeah. months. Like, what is this? It's hardly going on. And then they're taking it down early. Like, whatever city council person approved this stupid <laughs> art show is not going to be happy that Garrick is just like, oh, yeah, just get rid of that piece. Like, what is happening? He's got another piece in the wings, though. He's going to replace it. <laughs> just going to replace it? Yeah. That's right. It's or just... maybe it's a private show. No, it's at the city municipal uh, museum, it says. Yeah, maybe they're hosting a, a Garrick, a, a, a Harold Ramis specific event, and it's really for him to sell his pieces. I don't buy any of that. I don't buy it. Yeah, that's, a, that's the most implausible thing about this episode. <laughs> this is, guys. Guys. All right. 
Guys. Guys, there's a ring wraith. So as they're walking through the park, Matt gets the buzz. Mm. And then there's a ring wraith standing like on, on a on a waterfall. Park waterfall. Right. Yeah. This is so dope. I, this this thing leaps off the waterfall. Fuck, it's awesome. Yeah, it's like I was sitting there, I was like, this is too awesome for me to contemplate how stupid it is. Yeah. It's, it's all like very stupid. Like, yeah. like it's incredibly stupid, but it looks awesome. Right? I just imagine him like plopping into the like pool and <laughs> Ow, my ankle like his robe is all wet and yeah. he has to like get out yeah. well, why did i do that this cloak restricts my movement so yeah. much and then, just wear a hoodie and mac is like Ugh! and he like gets all intense and starts like fighting it where's the gargoyle go yeah oh good oh does he put it in i the think car? he puts it in the car it's in the car yeah. first but also like he puts it in the car and it's like rolling around and falls off the seat and breaks oh what did you do with that my uh gargoyle mac oh uh it's great it's uh in my house it looks beautiful yeah <laughs> can i come over and see it no no so then we get it from ann's perspective and mac is not fighting anything and it looks hilarious hilarious yeah. he's just like frantically swinging his sword around it, yep. like an insane person yeah i thought the reveal of this is really cool like yeah. it's all like close up and hear the sound effects of mm -hmm. like the sword clang and then when they pull back a little bit there's still kind of some sound effects but nobody yeah. there this is nuts and cops <laughs> show up yeah. immediately Inst right away <laughs> instantly and they like pull their guns out on mac and then mac's like shit <laughs> that's exactly what happens uh so then what happens Anne is i guess convincing the cops that like everything's cool guys because she's a doctor yeah right. um, no she's like everything's fine i'm, I'm a, a doctor, doctor. She's, it's, yeah. it's insane like yep. they're like this isn't a concealed weapon he was showing it to me so it's like yeah. you're saying it was concealed and then he unconcealed it to show <laughs> it to you yeah like i don't know what ordinances there are governing swords in seacouver but uh he show he was showing it to me in a public park probably isn't a defense if it's illegal yep those cops hear that excuse a lot too yeah. oh showing it to you in the park we've heard it yeah before. <laughs> oh yeah you were showing your sword to your doctor in the park <laughs> late at night okay and okay. who is he bruce lee right yeah what's that about and i'm like bruce lee doesn't have a sword yeah i can't think of any movies in which bruce lee had a sword also he's chinese not japanese i don't know there's a lot wrong here yep i think bruce lee's used the sword before right like a katana? Yeah, I don't know. It means Japanese sword. <laughs> we keep on making references to Samurai Cop. Have we hung a lantern on that? No, everyone go watch Samurai we've, Cop. We've talked about it okay. before. But that's yeah. why we keep saying, it means Japanese sword. That's a line <laughs> from that movie. They, they ask the police detective who is a expert on Japanese culture, hey, what does katana mean? And he goes, it means Japanese sword. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, it's so, the best. Oh, it's so good. Now the we get to let him go. They let him like, go. This is like good enough for them. Like, okay. Yeah. Oh, all right. So Mac and Ann are driving in the T-Bird. And apparently this was all like kind of a pickup shot. Like this scene was supposed to be much later filmed in a different location. And the director arrived on set. And I guess the producer was like, we've changed things up. We're recording this now. They did not have permits for this. So that's why it's like kind of in the car. They just kind of really quickly drove around. Shot like hand cams yeah with like a hand cam there were no like police uh escorts like you're normally supposed to have so this was a rush job but wow. they're talking in the car about how ann's worried that mac has like epilepsy maybe a tumor yeah, brain tumor yeah and mac's just like i had too much pastrami yeah i just had a bad pastrami sandwich yeah there's more Christmas than... references yeah there. i uh there's more gravy than of gravy about you simple thing can make them cheat <laughs> a plop of mustard <laughs> wait yeah, i just want to go back to this for sure. one second and why is she, why is she still like 
with him. Yeah, a lot of questions about that he just, in these couple episodes. Like, he lies to her all the time. Constantly. He constantly lies He just lies fucking to her. flips his shit and starts kung fu fighting, like, with a sword. Oh, also, sorry, in a park. <laughs> like, also, the fact that he has a sword gets glossed over very quickly. She's like, why do you have a sword? And he's like, it's a dangerous world. It's like, okay, so why don't Pepper you have a spray, gun? A gun. Like, I mean, like, a sword Get is the weirdest weapon to car- yeah. carry. Yeah. Why? Who knows? Yeah. It's bonkers and also this is what's lest we forget he just got that woman killed by not calling the police on his friend i totally forgot that somehow yeah, yeah. shouldn't have neither should Anne. Yeah. and should have walked right then she did not this Dump is him. insane in the membrane Beep. all right so we cut to joe's bar and mac is asking joe about like have you ever heard of this happening with immortals like people getting hallucinations and joe's like i'm surprised that like you're all not like completely nuts. <laughs> thanks joe <laughs> and then max starts playing the piano again that's it's, right did i just like see this wrong it looks to me like the music is playing before max hands yeah, touch the keyboard it is so really it's like my yeah, my interpretation of that was like the song is in his head uh, and, and then he's he hearing it playing. and then he plays it huh. and they chose not to represent that in the soundtrack in any way to show the difference between the two? No. <laughs> okay. Because to me, it just looks like bad editing. But that's that's my interpretation of this. So Mac visits Garrick at his creepy sculpture studio. Right. At his murder dungeon. Yeah. It's like, okay, so you're obviously the villain of this episode somehow. This location yeah. is awesome. Yeah. It's, it's cool. really cool. Apparently, it's an old like uh, foundry. So all that stuff is basically there. It's like an abandoned spot. They so, do a great job scouting locations on this show. Well, yeah. the, the interview with the director Absolutely. on the special features says he had to like argue with Steve Gagan, the, the set guy, about filming there because they were like this is way too ambitious to shoot here it's like a mess but he was like no this is perfect and he showed him he's like i want to light over here and light over here and he said he was just pushing the boundaries of what they could do based on their time and budget nice. but i think it pays off like it looks yeah. really cool it, yeah, it's full of mood and garrick yeah. has these like large like reproductions of like creepy etchings or something yeah of like people getting tortured and shit yeah he's a creep yeah it was nice but yeah he's evil harold ramus <laughs> yeah the mystery of this episode is completely vanished, right? Like, everybody knew this guy was the bad guy, right? No, I don't think so. Really? I mean, I've seen it before, so yeah, yeah. I did. But <laughs> I, I I, don't know. I didn't feel that way. I, I, I was like, oh, yeah. this guy's the bad guy. Yeah, oh, definitely. He's like, Especially when, in a moment, he's going to reveal that he has also seen images of this hooded figure in some way. And as right. soon as he reveals that, like, I was already suspicious of this guy from Jump because, again... The show does not allow for, like, dark brooding art. <laughs> it's not a thing that good people do in this show. Right. A la Gregor. Eh, I paint violent images, you know what I mean? Richie! It's like, <laughs> you know, only assholes have, like, moody feelings in this show. So that it's, like, true. immediately a problem. But then, as soon as he reveals this thing, you know it's him. Gotcha. It's revealed... Garrick went insane, and Mac wants, like, Garrick to give him some insight or whatever. Right. What was it like? Also, just as a note, I'm looking through my notes here, and I have highlighted here, just to contrast your opinions of this, I have highlighted super good mystery here. <laughs> <laughs> You're... Okay. You're wrong. I mean, like, if you had said decent mystery, I would say, okay, reasonable minds can differ. The delta here is way too large, though. Also, the sentence before that in my note says, this is all, a lot of L's, super solid stuff. (laughs) Super solid stuff. I was really into these episodes. I think I was just in a good mood this week watching these. That's good. I mean, I enjoyed watching all three of these episodes. Well... 
but I think they are. Well, <laughs> that we're recording. To, the, I enjoyed watching the episodes that we're recording today. I don't know that it's because of the outstanding quality of any of them. So we cut. <laughs> this is all super solid stuff. Are you talking about the stone he was working with? Yeah, is that it's very solid. <laughs> this seems really solid. It seems like a stone. Like yeah. you could, you'd have to chisel it because yeah. it's so solid. Oh, look at this marble. These stones are really solid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we cut, and Joe and Richie are talking on the street. No, wait, 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 wait. We skipped okay, something. Okay, sorry. Right? Garrick has also seen the hooded figure. I thought we mentioned that. And he has a sculpture he has of a it. He's a sculpture of it. He has sculpted the, the figure. Hood, the, yes. the hooded figure. That's, That's Creepy. Which one of the fallen kings of men do you think it is? No? Any theories? Nope. All right. <laughs> what is that? I don't get that. More, Lord, More of Lord of the Rings. Oh. Nerd alert. <laughs> so we're here all night. We cut, and Joe and Richie are talking on the street. And Joe's asking, like, what's up with Mac? And Richie's like, I don't know. He's just having a bad week. Like, Richie what about is... Corey Lightning? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Richie's constantly, like, not insightful in this show. Like, in the episode Obsession, which was... Was that last week's episode? Yeah. yeah. Richie, like, cannot tell that the, the, the woman is afraid when she comes and visits at the dojo. She's, he's right. like, oh, that's strange. And Anne's the one who's like, no, scared. And in this one, like, Mac is, like, having an emotional breakdown. And Richie's just like, I think he's just having a bad week. Like, just... Yeah, he's having a bad week. Might need some antipsychotic medication, but otherwise yeah. he's great. He's just, everything's great. He might, my best friend might be schizophrenic, but it's cool. <laughs> Tell me more about my grunge buddy. Yeah, then he's like, hey, did, did you organize this show? And Joe's like, yeah, yeah, I organized this show. <laughs> yeah, let's focus on what's really important. <laughs> Why is this scene there? <laughs> Don't know. Why isn't they so much They just need to give them something to do? Yeah, because there's a D-plot in this episode. Yeah. Well, I guess if they cut out the Corey stuff completely... There's not enough episode. Uh, yes. Richie I, could actually just be involved in trying to solve the goddamn problem. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. Like this, people could show some goddamn concern for the hero of the show, literally right. spinning out <laughs> and experiencing legitimate madness. That could be a thing that people yeah. did. No, this B plot is nonsense. Like it relates to nothing. It never comes back. No. Never. Well, actually, the this the series finale of Highlander, <laughs> <laughs> Corey White, it's at a Corey back. Light concert. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's the end deep, of Bill and Ted's service. bogus journey. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut back to Garrick's studio, and Garrick is still showing Mac this He's... sculpture. And Mac is like, is this what's called, like, racial memory? I had to look that up. I was like, racial memory? I couldn't actually hear what he was saying. I started watching these on YouTube because Hulu has ads, but YouTube doesn't have subtitles. So I couldn't, like, uh... hear what he was saying. Interesting. I was like, use your memory? Yeah, I, I had to go back and look, too. Uh, mm. It's racial memory. He does say racial memory. Yeah, and so that's a, a Carl Jung coined term. Oh. Uh, Which he says immediately after. Right. Yeah. But it's now called, like, genetic memory. Huh. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And what is that? Like, just a shared memory? or Shared like... memories. And, like, people like Richard, not to get all sciencey and nerd out on this, uh, like, people like Richard Dawkins have written about, like, uh, numetic is that what it's he terms it as mimetic mimetic because that's where the term meme comes from it's like a shared memory oh. it's a portmanteau of the word memory and gene yes is where meme comes from yeah you guys are smart well and and so, so those are the, like the things like you're like it's almost like your instincts like the things you're born kind of knowing like how to suckle a teat essentially like hmm. those are things that like babies just do it and they right. somehow know how to do it and it's because those memories are like implanted in us yeah also next time you think about internet memes like you see a kitty cat asking for a cheeseburger you can, and they're like oh cat meme thank richard fucking dawkins yeah, for that wow. that's insane that is insane 
But anyway, that that's what's going on here. And I think this is kind of interesting. Like, they're wondering if, like, all immortals share this, like, bizarre fear of death. Mm-hmm. I wish this was explored more because mm-hmm. I think this is really interesting. Garrick also reveals that he was a patient of Young and Freud and has spent the most time in treatment in history. Yeah, and he talks about, like, going. he's gone to, like, everybody. He's gone to, like weird like as he refers to like butchers like people that like tried to like drill into his brain to let the demons out to like actual doctors and nothing well i guess something's worked or maybe nothing has worked mm. spoiler alert, nothing's nothing worked is <laughs> 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 that to skip to the end here but uh yep <laughs> harold ramus is still a little kooky he gives mac some books to read yeah and so mac looks really sad he's got like full puppy face on <laughs> Kyle, how was your uh, holiday weekend? It wasn't too bad. I had to do a lot of work, which was less than pleasant, but then I went to a great taco party, yeah. got to drink some oh, good The cat beer. is... Do you have the spray bottle? Let me get the spray bottle. Meow. Hold on. That's not my cat. <laughs> oh, no. Meow. What? Who, who are you? Hi. It's me, Slan. Oh. From, from Highlander? Slan yeah. the cat? From friend the pilot of, episode. Friend of the show, Slan the cat. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, gentlemen? Who are you guys? Uh, my name's Keith. This is Kyle. Are you, are you just stopping by the, the recording session? Yeah, I was just walking by. Oh. some guys talking talking my language, talking Highlander. I'd check it out, as it were. Whoa. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Well, that so, like, what are you doing here near the recording studio? Do you have some business that brings you here? I'm just kind of wandering around, you know, uh, uh, taking... Taking me where my nose takes me, I guess. You know, on the do you like the sights and sounds of uh, Philadelphia? Oh, I love them. Yeah, what they have you seen they... in Philly so far? Um, I saw uh, a cheesesteak. You like saw it? <laughs> you saw you a cheesesteak? Yeah. yeah. Did you eat it or did you just see it? Um, you know, I I, I just looked at it. You yeah. know, I often find myself admiring cheesesteaks from afar. Yeah, well, Gino's that has that big sign. It's bright. It's, it's very bright. It's gross. Yeah. It's disgusting. Not a fan. Not a fan. And also, like, now I just, like, associate the sign with racism, so there's that. Yeah. That's true. They've tried to move on past that, though, which is They've good. tried, which I commend them for, but they haven't moved past that tacky sign. <laughs> uh, so, Slanton, you should tell us, I mean, this is a treat having you here. Like, wh- what was your time on Highlander like? Oh, it's great. Well, um, after my first episode with, with uh, the pilot, you know, I just kind of stuck around. I was on a series-wide um, contract. Really? Yeah, just kind of a retainer. That's a puzzling decision, then, for them to kill you in the first episode. What was the original thought around that? Um, they just liked me. They, they were like, this, this, this guy's a cool cat, as it were. <laughs> I just hung around craft services mostly. Interesting. What was, what was it like meeting Christopher Lambert? It was great. Say more. <laughs> <laughs> he had a funny accent. It was kind of hard to understand him at first but you know he you know (laughs) yeah he had that laugh he would uh give me some give me some snacks yeah he snacks that stuff like over by the craft services table or just like did he bring them from home he'd bring them from home (laughs) well that's so kind of him it's very kind he brought snacks for everybody did you also get to meet friend of the show uh christopher lambert yeah he was there (laughs) he was there he was there well i guess it makes sense that he would be there for the pilot he did some of the stunt interactions in the dirt dirt storage unit in the dirt storage unit oh were there any like plate glass windows on set or just just the dirt 
he actually, they actually had him fall through all the plate ga- glass windows for the series. Oh, he, for like other people besides that's right. Christoph. Oh, we'll have to ask him about that next time we yeah, see him. He, that's well, really interesting. I didn't that, know he did series work too. On that sequence where Richie drives through the window, uh-huh. that was that was that's Bert Lambert. Lambert. That's interesting. Right. Well, Kyle and I were just talking about uh, what we were doing over Memorial Day. Uh, what, what how I, is what are you what are you up to these days? Did you take a Memorial Day vacation or anything? Yeah, I took a little break, you know. Um, we were at a little barbecue, yeah. outside barbecue, so I just kind of hung around there, laid down, you know, in, in the sunbeam. In a so- sunbeam? All oh, right. Okay, soaked That's up right. some sun. I guess, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's... it's People sunbathe, yeah. getting warm out, uh-huh. just, you know, in the sun there, you know, had had some snacks, um, some some tuna steaks. Oh, that's that's a, that's a, that sounds a, good. That sounds delicious. An unconventional Memorial Day treat, but I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, I, I like to keep it tight. I like tuna. I was gonna say you look very, you look very fit. Thank you. You look like you can really jump. Yeah. Run. I jump, run. I, I like to keep it live. I have a nice live. I do a lot of stretching. Oh, okay. You know, I keep it oh, live. <laughs> okay. Not blithe. <laughs> My favorite actress though is Blythe Danner. I was just gonna ask about that actually. Yeah. You, really, you were? You were just about to ask about I, that? I, I was. I was Are you like, gonna is ask that your me favorite specifically actress? about Blythe Danner? Or I was. Just who my favorite actress? No, I was, was gonna ask you if that was your favorite actress. It is. Huh, interesting. Yeah. Kyle, what's your favorite actress? <laughs> my favorite actress? Oh boy, I don't even know the answer to that question. I like Emma Stone a lot. She was in that La La Land. Yeah. La La, 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 La La Land. That was a good movie. It was yeah. not bad. I liked it. I, I didn't. I didn't it. buy uh, what's his face. I like Ryan Gosling in general. I did not buy him as that character. He was like working hard, but like just... yeah, it was good. I like him in Drive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good movie too. I like that movie. With, uh, what's his name? Is the villain in that, which is yeah. nice. Brian Cranston. No, oh. not Brian Cranston. Uh, Albert Brooks. Albert Brooks. Brooks. There yeah. it is. Very yeah. good. So, a- any other uh, interesting stories from Craft Services? Uh, I just kind of hang out. Uh, Tell people, you know, what to eat. I kind of try to get their attention. And, and Were you get... like their dietitian? Like you're instructing them on what to eat or just like tell yeah. them what was good? I would tell them what was good. I would like, you know, kind of ask them for some scraps. You're in for the scraps. Yeah, I like scraps. Oh. Interesting. You're a really interesting character. Are you going to be in Philly for the next couple of weeks? Yeah. Oh, You're going to be around? Be. All right. Yeah. So yeah. would you mind? Like we have a couple more episodes to record. Do you want to stick around and maybe we can we can talk more? We'll see. I'm okay. kind of fickle. Okay. Yeah. A little moody sometimes. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's Slam. weird. That's weird that you self-described that way, but that's okay. <laughs> You're at least aware of yourself. I'm self-aware. I'm yeah. like uh, John Garrick. Oh. <laughs> oh, see, look at that. The, you know all about episode. Highlander. That's right. Yeah. I guess you're a good source of a... Uh, trivia for these, mm, these shows. All right, we've got a lot of stuff to talk to you about uh listeners out there we're probably going to be checking back with uh mr slam the cat uh, in future episodes Eamon, do you have any questions for slam the cat nope oh okay <laughs> all <right>. interesting <laughs> all right well i think we've probably covered everything anyway so yeah that's all right all right cool back to the episode so then we cut to joe's later that night and uh lightning pants is playing the blues. Mm-hmm. I mean, lightning panty dropping because <laughs> he is killing his set. He so is. Richie has gotten two studio execs. And Joe is like, who are these jokers? Yeah. And Richie or says. he calls them boneheads. Boneheads. And I guess Richie said he like 
I don't know, pestered the secretary so much or something that like they eventually sent two he people down. He forced his way past the secretary to like talk to them. There He's we got go. a lot of balls. Yeah. yeah. Balls like the chin That's of that gargoyle. gargoyle. So <laughs> I thought there was just like an interesting music discussion here because Joe's like, look, if they buy him, they buy him. If they don't, you've done what you can. And it's like, this seems like this is like Corey's first gig. Like, does he even, ha- he has like no following. Like, this is not how the music business works. Like, this seems ridiculous. Like, you've done what you can. It's like, this is his first show. Like, yeah. you got to work this shit. Like, got to yep. put in the hours. You don't just get a record contract overnight. From one performance. Well, yeah. he like packed the house and people were digging it. There's some so. tote tapping. There is a lot there's of like, there's like one extra up front who's really <laughs> dealing it. He is just like the hardest working man in this episode yeah. trying to really get into Corey Light. Mm-hmm. And Corey's doing a bang up job. Oh, yeah. So we cut to the dojo because Mac, I guess, has not shown up to this show because Mac's having Mac problems. Uh, so back at the dojo, Mac is lying on the ground with a book uh, that's called Treatments for Insanity, I think. Uh, and it's got a picture of a man getting his head drilled in, which is yeah, good. Maybe don't read that book. Yeah. yeah. Why would you give Mac that book? What answers are ever in that book? Zero answers. Yeah, there, I get you, you this 17th century tome on <laughs> Like, there is no insanity. science in that book. Yeah, all yeah. this stuff's outdated. But why don't you read this? Yeah, yeah. the pictures are nice. Check out yeah. the, the prints. Mac, gets, Mac needs to get all of his psychological advice through pictures. And the best character is like, I got some lithographs. How's that do? <laughs> Gives him some Kathy comic strips. So Mac chocolate, has- chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. <laughs> so Mac has a nightmare and wakes up again. The nightmare's cool. They have some cool shots of the gargoyle, like on a black backdrop. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. A black drop. A black drop. So Anne calls him and she's like, Oh, I just wanted to like check in on you. But Mac gets like kind of indignant. He's like, You just wanted to check and see if I saw a doctor yet. It's like, well, kind she's of. like apologizing. It's like why Mac, is she apologizing? You fucking flipped out uh-huh. in public with the samurai blade <laughs> yeah because she's being kind of abused by mac in this yeah. abusive relationship yeah. with a lying mentally unstable man yeah this is crazy this is crazy it is literally crazy i mean it's insane and then mac lies and says he's been seeing somebody right well, i guess he has and he's like i'm but... gonna i'm working on it. i'm working through it he's like mac sounds like a drug addict that yeah. like does not want to admit he has a problem. That's yeah. what's going on. I can stop anytime I want. Yeah. I can stop fighting hooded Nazgul anytime I want. <laughs> so it. then we get the buzz. I can deliver the one ring to Mount Doom anytime I want. <laughs> so we get the buzz. Mac yells for Richie, thinking it's Richie coming mm-hmm. home from the club. Uh-oh, it's the Nazgul. The fucking Nazgul. Right. So Mac goes into, like, beast feral mode, which is cool, and he, like, charges the... the uh, figure the ghost <laughs> yeah it's the ghost of christmas future <laughs> so they're fighting for a while and then uh it gets revealed that mac is fighting richie he like yeah. cuts richie across the chest and Mac like richie's screaming at mac like it's me it's me this is really cool i think yeah this is fucked up yep i was like what and like mac basically beats him and is about to chop his head off yeah and richie's upset yeah, this yeah. is really tense. And there's, like, good, like, tense music. This is all really well done. And Mac, they do a really good job of making Mac look disheveled. Yeah. Like, yeah. he looks wild and crazy. Yeah. Well, and not wild like, and crazy kids. Like a wild and crazy guy? Yeah, like, he looks like Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Very good. So we cut Very to the hospital. Good. And Anne and uh, the woman, Marcia, the nurse, are looking up Mac's medical history. Lots of thoughts on this. Go for it. Bullshit. Called bullshit 10 ways from Sunday. This is like more computers are magic shit. It's like, has Mac ever been admitted to this hospital? Because if not, you don't have his fucking medical records. Because there isn't some magic database where you can look up any human being's medical records. Like most medical records until the 
late 20-teens weren't even digitized. That was actually a massive provision in the Affordable Care Act, was to provide incentives for medical care providers to digitize records to facilitate sharing between healthcare providers. This is not a thing. There is no database where you can look other people up. And also, this is like a huge breach of ethics for like... <laughs> yeah. And, yes. Yeah. There's and more of that later. Yeah, like for Anne to <laughs> yeah. just be like, hey, let me just uh, look up my creepy boyfriend to like, uh, for personal reasons. Let me just invade your privacy a little bit. Like, it's, Yeah, this is the one thing where I agree with Mac on during a later scene where this is intense. Also, like, you have the goddamn right not to go to the doctor. Like, maybe he's just a Christian scientist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, maybe that's why he doesn't go to the doctor. Like, I'm a big proponent of going to the doctor. I'm an even bigger pro- proponent of getting vaccinated. But it's not, like, an insane criminal thing if you don't go to the doctor. Yeah. Right. And it's not at all suspicious that whatever mythical database she's looking up, even <laughs> if he did go to the doctor, every, like, once a month for his entire life, there is no reason to suspect she would have access to that information. Especially, they wouldn't get instant feedback from whatever psychologist she'd go to. Why would they even make a record of it? You have to fill out like a gajillion different types of forms to get your disparate medical providers to be able to share records with fucking each other. (laughs) (laughs) So there you have it, people. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Computers aren't magic. Some parts of this show aren't realistic. (laughs) We're going to learn. I don't know why I get so fired up about this, but it's Uh, nonsense. So we cut after Mac almost kills Richie. uh, We cut up to the loft. Yeah, and Richie's kind of half-heartedly trying to take care of his friend, but it's very easily dissuaded. Yeah. He's like, so far, all you owe me is a shirt. And at first, he's like trying to hang around. But Mac's like, if I do this again, you got to take my head. So he tells him that he owes him a shirt, and then they zoom in on a mask on the wall. Can we talk about this? So I was like, oh, cool. Like, they're showing this, like, uh, well, it's the, the, the book by, is it Freud or Young? The, the about uh, having it where everyone wears a mask, whatever. It's like a psychology reference. But did anyone notice that eyeballs appear on the mask? No. Yes, there are fucking eyeballs, like a video effect of eyeballs in the mask. It's awful. Wow. I'm just picturing one of those like paintings in a Scooby-Doo episode that follows those pesky kids as they go by. So we cut to an outdoor cafe and Mac and Ann are having lunch. (laughs) Mac Mac ordered the salmon and I thought that was important. (laughs) (laughs) He thought that was important. Mac is like hunched over the table. He's all disheveled. Just like picking at his food. Looks like shit. Yeah. <laughs> At this outdoor cafe, Anne confronts Mac about his medical history. And she's like, what, do you just have, like, great genes? And it's like, Anne, have you never hung out with Mac before? Yeah, he has great genes. His underwear might as well be made of denim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and in this scene, he's wearing all denim. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So anyway, uh, she thinks this is very suspicious. Mac flips his shit. Which his response is inappropriate. Yeah. But she oh, also yeah. shouldn't have done it. Right. And he, like, freaks out. He starts, like, berating the other people at the outdoor cafe. Haven't you ever seen a fight before? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and I was, my name's just like, Anne just needs to get out. This is the second, like, scene he's created with her in public. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not on top good... of all the other bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to go. I have a note here that says I would watch this show with Mac. Like I would watch watch Adrian Paul behave this way all the time. Like, <laughs> like, he's, he's, a great like job. he's amazing. Like yeah. this character is nuts. So yeah, this is the dark side of Mac. We cut to the dojo that night, and Mac is doing like a kata. Uh, he's doing some deep samurai shit. This is really cool. And yeah. apparently, Adrian Paul like wrote this kata himself. It's cool. Yeah, it's awesome. And he's in his full like 
samurai regalia. But, but then in the mirror, there's a cool. I think this reveal is cool. The yeah. Little mirror reveal that the the hooded figure is behind him, and he's like, Gah! death is stalking him, and yep. he like turns to, like to do a cut, and of course you realize that it's gone. Yeah, it's good stuff. And he's like, oh, why? So Mac is back at Garrick's studio, and he's staring into a candle and asks Garrick how he beats these shadows. And he's just playing the with title his candle. of the show. <laughs> shadows. This is the clip we played in the opening where he talks about how they're at like the edge of a cliff and like you're you know, you either beat this thing or you fall forever. Right. But he says you can't fight it. Right. He's saying that this thing like feeds on your fear, and if you give in to this like psychological thing, that like that's that's what lets it win. So you have to just ignore it. Pretend the problem doesn't it exist. exist. Sounds psychological advice. That's yeah. definitely Mac's <laughs> philosophy on everything. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just bury it deep. Turn yeah, it off. Yeah. Swallow it down like a pastrami sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> then we cut to Garrick, like, circling around in his studio, holding a torch, just angrily saying McLeod. Well, angrily, first, well, angrily first we revealing to, to no one. Well, we, yeah, that's yeah. true. That, so, angrily revealing to no one his vengeance ploy. So we we cut to a flashback, and so now we get to see the rest of what happened at this witch burning, which is decent. I like this as a mechanism. That, yeah. Like, so Mac, we is, saw Mac's perspective effectively, and now we get like the truth of it. Right. So Mac rides away. Garrett gets on the horse, but like gets cornered and gets ripped off the horse, and then they drag him back and burn him alive. Which this is, is second, really dark. This is the second burnt alive immortal we've dealt with, because it was yeah. Ned Marcus back in season one. They burned me! Right. So this is another burned me situation. How'd it get burned? So this is this is when we really kind of unravel this mystery that, like, Garrick has he's it out for Mac. Okay. So then back at yeah. the, the, the studio, Garrick is like, you left me. Yeah. You left me. And he's flipping out on his own. It's like, yeah, this guy... He's a uh, no bueno. No, he's got beef. <laughs> yeah. Also, Mac literally saved him. Yeah. After you stabbed him. Yeah. So it's like you know he's just an a hole. Yeah. So I guess the implication is Mac thought Garrick rode the other direction or something. Yeah. I feel like Mac sees Garrick get away in the horse, but then like he's get on the horse, runs away. Uh, yeah. With the girl, he's right. trying to save that. They kid get separated, and maybe so. her cat. Maybe the cat. Hopefully the cat. So then we cut somewhere near the water. And this is all near, like, in the, the European version. But, like, where the fuck are they? Like, They're at the where? Dirt River. They're, <laughs> They're like, like, the grimiest, like, most... Like, this is not like a place you want to be. No, this is, like, if the zone had a park, this is the park at the zone. Like, it's like a creek with, like, trash everywhere. <laughs> yeah, this is not great. So, Kyle, what's Anne do here? Cause, Give like, him drugs. Yeah, so how's this checkout? Is this good? I mean, she gives him, like, sleeping pills, I guess. Like, you should at least, like, try to get a night's sleep. So she comes and just, like, maybe without a prescription gives him uh-huh. these, like, Yeah, definitely pills. without a prescription. And, like, I don't see any instructions on that bottle, right? Do you? So it's like, did, did Well, maybe she... that's why Mac messes up later and he drinks the whole bottle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How many of these do I take? I might as well take them all. Oh, uh, what's it say? The whole thing with a pint of whiskey? Great. <laughs> Did we skip the part where Richie tells Joe John Garrick's name? This is the other thing. Joe's also like the magic computer. Every episode with Joe, like they mention an immortal's name to him and he repeats the name in an incredulous tone. Yeah. Well, it's always. Oh, John Garrick. John Garrick. (laughs) Oh, an immortal formerly thought to be trustworthy is actually untrustworthy. (laughs) And he says he's been crazy for centuries. So this is back after the scene where Joe's bar and. Richie reveals that Mac has been talking to Garrick about all this. Also, there's a funny line here because Richie asks Joe if he believes all that, like, Jung and Freud stuff. And Joe responds, he's like, what have you been studying? Like, 
And the way he says this line, I think, is really funny because he's like, he doesn't go, what? Have you been studying? Like, he says it like, are you reading those books again? Like, <laughs> what have you been studying? Like, I, see, I, I didn't really interpret funny. it that way. But he, that's definitely a does not, he definitely does not put the comma in there. <laughs> where it's yeah. supposed to be. What? Have you been studying? <laughs> Joe's trying to Axel Richie. Yeah. <laughs> John Garrick? John Garrick? <laughs> So we cut back to Max Loft, and Richie's there making Max some dinner, and he's like, hey, uh, you want to watch a flick? Mac gets upset. He's like, I don't need you to be my babysitter. And so then they get like into a big blowout, and Richie's yeah. like, I'm not taking your shit. Like, you got to listen to other people sometimes, and Richie kind of storms out. Yeah, and this is when Max is like, you have to do what you have to do if I come after you again. Blah, yeah. blah. Really intense. Very intense. intense. Yeah, I guess since Richie doesn't finish making dinner, Max like, I guess I'll just eat these pills for dinner. <laughs> <Yeah>. He takes <laughs> the entire bottle of sleeping pills and just like passes out in the chair. So we cut to later, and Richie arrives back at the dojo. And he gets the buzz. He's wondering if it's Mac. Uh-uh. It is the Nazgul. Yeah, it is right there. Yeah, so this is pretty cool that Richie sees it, too. He's right. like, what? But he gets fucking housed by this creature. Yeah, and, and then... Kill, and not killed for no reason? Yeah, the, yeah. the thing, like, well, Garrick, who's in this th- the, the outfit, is like... Spoiler! Yeah. <laughs> he literally is like, I'll oh. come for you later. Like... No, this no, is the stupidest idea. Beat yeah. him right now. Yeah, He has to keep his eyes on the prize. I guess so. I guess, yeah. So he heads upstairs. Mac is like in a essentially like drunken state because of these sleeping pills. And so he refuses to fight mm-hmm. Garrick. So Garrick comes to take his head and Mac sees that he's got this like green cro- like green ring on his finger which they've shown they've highlighted over and over again with yes. regard to garrick like so some of the like, some of the transitions to flashbacks have been like through the ring like mm-hmm. this is they've called this out before so max suddenly realizes that oh this guy's garrick then he gets his shit together kind, yeah kind of kind of <laughs> like somehow around this is ugh. harold ramus now reveals that he's always had the vision and he learned over time to project his visions onto other people. And this is why Mac has been having these yeah. like night terrors and how he's been able to make him hallucinate the whole time. I do not like this. Which is weird and stupid. Also, why isn't he doing it right now? I thought that too. <laughs> the whole thing's bizarre. It's not teased at all that this is going to be like magic. It's just like exposition well, I mean, they, they do at the tease end. that he has like the vision. Well, in the like flashback or whatever. Yeah. When you're told he's nuts, I guess. But I guess it it is. I mean, I think you buy into the fact that he could kind of see something because he literally did see his family burn and they were burned. So, yeah. but weird coincidence, I guess. To be yeah. clear, Garrick just beat Richie easily. Houses Richie like it's nothing. Mac is up there. <laughs> yeah. He's in horrible mental condition. <laughs> yeah. He's just chugged pills can you chug pills i don't know but he did it <laughs> if you can do it he did it and he's like in fuzzo vision fuzzo. and this guy garrick apparently has the power to make you hallucinate and despite all that <laughs> mac just... has like the most unearned victory of this yeah. entire show yes like it almost reminds me of like it's not even like the grayson victory because that's like a come from behind win from mac but like right. there's like a cool moment where it happens this is just like Oh, the deck is com- deck is completely stacked against Mac, but it doesn't matter. He's right. just like, and I win anyway because I'm the hero of the show. Yeah. So the the way Mac wins is they're fighting, and Mac slams Garrick's sword on the coffee table, and so now he's essentially got a clean shot to Garrick's neck because he has his 
sword pinned down and he just swipes across. I think the camera move here is different. Anyone notice how they film this? They do like a decapitation from like a POV. Yeah. So apparently on the special features, they talked about how they had like a handheld camera and the camera operator like grabbed it like with his hands crossed Mm -hmm. and then they did the sword swipe and he like spun the camera out onto the ground. That's pretty cool. Uh, which I thought was kind of like That's interesting. Neat. And yeah. the director was like, yeah, we figured we should just like do something different. So let's try this. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, well, so that's kind enough. of fun. And then the whole place gets trashed. Yeah. Even more. Because at first apartment. it was trashed because they're fighting all over the place. Yeah. And because Mac has been living like a goddamn animal. <laughs> yeah. Well, like they even call that out earlier in the, some of the scenes with Richie. Like the apartment just kind of looks messy. And like, right. you can tell Mac's not in a good way. So all the windows like explode. There's a big ghost thing floating around the tv blows up all of max green beans get destroyed <laughs> there's like a highlight of jars of like what look like beans yeah. or like green m&ms yeah. and they explode i guess all his liquor when his liquor exploded <laughs> i went <gasps> oh my god but this is a huge mess this is going to take like days to clean up do we think and didn't show up in between and say what the fuck that's what that was my first thought like what she comes over and sees his fucking exploded loft Dora exercise the demons i'll work through it jeez also Um, can we just say one more thing about this quickening speaking of the handheld camera it keeps just like whipping around his face i'm just gonna go ahead and say i hate this quickening yeah it's weird it's weird like the way they film it mac just kind of stands there and gyrates he's like oh and he he spins around did you notice that yeah Yeah, he's doing a weird spinning around him and it's very like disconcerting and looks like cheesy i feel like they told him to like do that with the special effects but then the special effects aren't like going with his like performance yeah or something i don't know what it is not not my favorite quickening at all He's just kind of like got his hand in the air and like shaking him like he just don't care. And that's the whole quickening. To come up with these every week is like. Also, it's a weird location because it's like this is maybe the most confined quickening we've ever seen on the show because it's like Mm -hmm. in an apartment. Well, like the quickening, it's either like the camera's less than a foot from his face, essentially, as they're doing this. Or the camera's just focusing on things blowing up. Also, weird side note, the lightning comes from outside. Like the quickening almost enters the space yeah. which is like an interesting little moment and yeah. i wonder if we're supposed to assume that there's like a moment like that every time that we're not seeing i don't know like the quickening mm. kind of like some external force arrives to facilitate the quickening somehow. we've seen a quickening in a subway tunnel before yeah maybe it's how, like, how many people saw the lightning enter through the uh you know the third street entrance yeah. go, go through the turn yeah. <laughs> it like forgot its metro card so it had to buy a yeah. new one could you give me a swipe <laughs> Hey listeners, Highlander Rewatch is taking its show live. That's right, we are participating in the 5th Annual Philadelphia Podcast Festival. We're going to be at Tattooed Moms on July 16th at 7pm. That's on South Street in Philadelphia. You're going to see some amazing games, some cool live content, you'll have some beer and pierogies on hand. It's going to be an amazing time. And we'll also be there selling our exclusive Highlander magnets. Ooh, is there a way to get those now? Like, if say I don't live in Philadelphia or don't want to wait that long. That's right. You can go to our Facebook page or Etsy store. Awesome. You can get those magnets shipped to your house today. And we can't wait to see you at the live show. Again, that is Sunday, July 16th at 530 South Street. I don't want to make sure that sound like it is at the time, 530. That is the address, 530 South Street at 7 p.m. at Tattooed Mom. See you there. It's-
we cut to the next morning. This is the denouement of the episode. And Mac brings the gargoyle down to Richie, who's in the office. And he's like, you got to get rid of this for me. Richie says something like, he's like, oh, I never really believed in all that psychic stuff. It's like, even though in the Tracy Lords episode, we saw yeah. it. Yeah, so she, I, has, I, she has some bullshit vision. Right. Uh, so then Mac says, there are more things in heaven and hell, Horatio, than are written in your stars. So more, more Lord of the Rings quotes, obviously. Um, <laughs> That's right. That's You're the worst. Right. Also, but also that's not the quote. It's right? so wrong. It's, it's not, completely wrong. It's that's in your philosophy, right? And it's not. It's yeah. It is. There are more things in heaven and earth than are written in yeah. your philosophy. Heaven, is the not actual heaven and hell? What? Yeah, it's just like wrong on several levels. It's just like it makes me think that the writer just like didn't want to look it up. Yeah, that he heard that. Oh, this quote. Yeah, I know it. Yeah, and just like writes it. That's tried, not it. And I tried looking. Like I even googled the quote the way it was written to I see if I could to. find like, oh, is this like a? Did Borges do a take on this? Uh-huh. And like, I I could nope. not find this version anywhere. This George is, Louis Borges. Yeah, that's the hmm. one. Very strange. Doctor Strange. Anyway, it's a good quote though. Yeah. Regardless. Uh, well, maybe the, this kind the of... The real one? Or the, the, yeah, the real one's a this good This fake quote. one's a good quote, though, <laughs> regardless. They should put this in Hamlet. They should. Yeah. <laughs> right. Stretch it out. Yeah. yeah. The credits by William Shakespeare and Adrian Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Did Adrian Paul get the line wrong? Is that what happened? Did they just not decide to refilm it? Yeah. Let's call AP and find out. AP, what's up? So Max says it's a real waste that Garrick had to die because Garrick had all this... Like psychological knowledge? No, he didn't. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't what did get he this. Have? Yeah, what did he have? I don't understand. Garrick was lying to you this whole time. Yeah. Why do you think he's got any insight? It's like, oh, he was an insane person. Yeah, he was completely bonkers. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this guy has been plotting to kill me for since England 1665. Right. Oh, what a waste. <laughs> what waste? <laughs> like, I, I, I don't get it. Did anyone buy into their friendship? No. Me neither. No, we, the only... but we don't really get to see them be friends. We right. get to see Mac visiting him. And this guy stab him. <laughs> right. That's our and introduction like, to their friendship. Yeah, and Mac goes to him for help many times, and this guy like is lying to him every time so he can kill him. Yeah. I'm like, there's no friendship We have here. magic. Yeah. yeah. Does this right. even count as Mac killing a friend? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Mac thinks then, he's his friend, then so Richie, yes. Richie excuses himself because he's got a new bass player to check out. Ooh, this was yeah. never going to come back. Yeah. Like what, also a bass player. <laughs> was this like an idea they were floating that Richie would get into the music? Like, did they think this could have been a not a like job of the week thing, but like Richie needs a job, like a better job than managing the? Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And then they were like, that didn't really check out. So well, they scrap give that. him a job later. So then Anne shows up and says, "I thought we'd be inside each other." <laughs> Oh, yeah, that, yeah was, that, that line. Weird. Ooh, they didn't run that by any 13-year-olds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or us. Yeah, or us. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so Anne's getting upset, and she's like, we need to talk. It's like, oh, she's going to break up. This is yep. This is it. This is smart. This, this is, is a, smart. This is a yeah. great this is once again, personal Andy. and career move. You can yeah. do much better. So she's like, oh, we don't really know each other. And she's like, and she gives Mac like the key to the loft back. Yeah. Which also looks like it has a drum key on the bottom. (laughs) What is that weird key on the bottom? I I don't don't know. know. But yeah, she's, she gives this whole speech about how I thought we'd really know each other, how you'd be, I'd be inside of you, you'd be inside of me or whatever. Very weird. weird So they're taking a break and she's like, I'll call you. I'll be here. And she, she should be saying like, 
We're taking a break. I am going to try to get you involuntarily committed. Yeah. <laughs> you're not a good person. Yeah, you're you definitely treat a me danger badly. to everyone. I am a beautiful, sophisticated doctor. And you are. I'm out of your league. Yeah. So, and, and yeah, and you're a lying, abusive, crazy person. Yeah. He's so like. <laughs> he's a Canadian tuxedo wearing ponytailed deadbeat <laughs> who <laughs> flips out in public. Across multiple episodes and is a chronic liar. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This is like, and get out, man. And he's obsessed with swords. <laughs> and he's obsessed with swords, yeah. And like violence and <laughs> yeah, death. And violence. <laughs> like, you just got to get out, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, There's a cool shot at the end overhead with the yeah. fan. Yeah. Whoosh, whoosh, yep. whoosh. Oh, uh, symmetry. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From the beginning and end. Theophil Symmetry, a comprehensive guy to Highlander. By John Mosby. Buy it on Amazon today. That's right. So, Let's talk about this episode, I guess. Yeah. All right. So here are my, I'll start with my thoughts. I like this episode a lot. I think the visuals are really cool. I think it's really well directed. It's got decent like emotional content. Like when Mac is losing it, I'm like, this is a journey I'm appreciating being on with Mac. Like the fact that they've taken this sidestep essentially in a Highlander story and are like, hey, like how does this affect people psychologically and explored that? Like this is, I think, like fertile territory. My biggest complaint, well, besides like Richie and Corey Lightning, like that plot is obviously, not, should not even be mentioned. The cornerstone as, of this episode. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> as a complaint, like obviously that's a complaint. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I really don't like, I don't like the magic element at all. And I really wish this actually could maybe be what was real. That like Garrick had experienced this death thing. And he did see this cloaked figure. And, like, maybe it is this thing in the back of all immortals' minds, which actually kind of makes sense. It's like, there's this thing that does not affect them, death. And it's like, but maybe it's, like, somehow built into our body. Like that, but they die it, constantly. They're yeah. always experiencing this thing that, and there's a version of it that they fear. Yeah, so I but feel like, like... just like, they're, they're like, c- c- caked in it. They're yeah. like, swim in death. Uh, so I feel like having that, like, emerge as, like, a psychological problem at some point is interesting and cool and so i think i would appreciate that garrick has seen this cloaked figure mac is also seeing this cloaked figure because like this is a real thing that immortals see it is a shared memory or something like that and then garrick maybe has a maybe he's like blocked out maybe all the freud shit worked for him and he was able to kind of leave his past behind but seeing mac again bring all this stuff back he remembers this like being burned alive and now wants vengeance on Mac and decides to use this against Mac. I mean, I think that's way better. That's like so much more compelling because like it's not I have fucking superpowers. Like, I don't know. I don't like the and magic Ma- element in this show really. And yeah. really, Mac doesn't need help. He just needs to power through. He just needs to be strong enough to power through and just get chop, there. Well, chop that's Derek's that's head off. that's yeah, my yeah. other note on this is that the actual like story arc of this episode is like fake. Hey, are we going to follow Mac getting through this? Not really, because it's a trick. Like, Mac actually doesn't need to do anything to solve his problem because other somebody than, was fucking with him. Like, other than fight yeah. the villain. Yeah. Other like, than, he has to do the same thing he does every week. Right. Fight so the villain. So I feel like that, like, leaves this, like, story empty because it's like Mac didn't do anything. Like, Mac didn't learn something. And, like, maybe at the end, like, I mean, when Garrick confronts Mac at the end, that is a cool moment. Like, especially if Garrick is taking advantage of Mac's hallucinations. It's like, yeah. in that moment, Mac needs to come to terms with death and all this stuff and power through and have reasons to do it. Maybe it's Anne. Maybe he needs to like, I love Anne a lot. I'm going to do this and life is worth like, who knows? This definitely has like super great fertile territory for a good Highlander episode. But yeah. So I agree with a lot of what you just said. I give this episode like 
a nine out of ten on style. Yeah. And like significant, like uh, four or five out of ten on substance. Like the mood is great. The performances are great. Like there's a lot to like here. Yeah. That's very good. And I really, I definitely agree that it's like well shot. But there's just like the, the, the level of like copping out that's present here with it's just like, oh no, it's magic. Like I didn't have a way out of this. It's just magic. I think the real missed opportunity is linking this back to the Cullen storyline. Oh, that's about a great losing, time. About losing his nerve, and maybe it's because he took the quickening, or maybe they're just thematically linked. This is a fear that people have, and it's like Mac is now being similarly tested. Like he is now experiencing that chance to lose his nerve that he was lecturing his old friend about. He either does or does not rise above it. Right, And I think that's compelling. It's simpler. There's like a big Occam's razor component to it mm-hmm. of like, why make this more theoretical than it has to be? Yeah. And that would have been interesting and like a real, a real chance for personal growth. But instead, it's just bad guy. It's just like another bad guy of the week. And now, by the way, there's also psychics and magic and you can project visions on people. Yeah. I, uh, the magic stuff is no, no bueno. Mm. Also... Not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but this little like break he takes with Anne doesn't last for very long. And there's no reason, really, for it to come back. I mean, we've really, ha- we've really discussed in detail how kind of abusive he's being. If he's actually able to display growth and like acknowledge that he needs help and like find strength in this struggle and like work through it with other people, that's like a reason to maintain this relationship and buy into the fact that Anne and he go on. But instead, it's just like there's there's no resolution of like the fundamental, at least philosophical conflicts that are being presented. And there's no reason for Anne to like come back to him with like her tail between her legs for some ungodly reason. I keep saying as I'm watching the episode, I'm like, oh, she's going to find out this episode. This is the one. And it's like, no, she isn't. And hearing David Tynan on the special features, he talks a little bit about like the struggle the writers had. Well, it's very strange on almost all the special features. Everyone's like, yeah, it's not working with Anne and Mac. And I'm a little surprised at that. Like, I, I'm fine with their relationship. I think they actually have okay chemistry. That's just me. I mean, I agree that dialogue think, is like not the best all the time, but. Well, I think the problem is they keep making Mac be an asshole to her like yeah. over and over and over and over again. That like makes this implausible because one, it doesn't make it look like Mac actually cares about her all that much. Yeah. And two, it like gives you no reason to think that this person's going to hang around. Like so, Anne's not like some loser. Like no. she probably makes more money than Mac. She like <laughs> she's gorgeous. Like she's obviously got like uh, an amazingly solid head on her shoulders based on like the way the far superior way she handles various conflicts in this episode. Right. And, like, the previous episodes, like, an obsession. She's a fucking catch, and Mac treats her really badly. So I was going to say, one thing David Tynan does talk about in the special features, which I agree with, is the writers didn't want to replicate the relationship with Tess. They were constantly battling this idea of, like, we don't want to tie Mac down with a relationship because they felt like that limited the character, which I would agree. It's like, well, if he's in a relationship, well, first we've seen that before. Right. But if he's in a relationship, it's like that limits what stories we're able to tell. He's always kind of got this person in danger. So they were always trying to keep her at arm's length. And I think it just gets tired after a while. So I would say this is almost one of those strange byproducts of like, well, we can't let her in. So as a byproduct of that, Mac is constantly like pushing her away or being an asshole or lying to her. And like all that compounded on itself makes this relationship insane. And it's yeah. like, yeah, not work. And abusive and weird. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, and it's just because they don't want them to be too close because we've seen it before and that's going to hurt the storytelling 
overall, I guess. It's one of those things that maybe this relationship just should have just gotten cut short sooner. Or mm. like, yeah, that, I don't like even that, know. that it's like this kid is never possible because we're obviously having problems. Yeah, uh, if they were already thinking that, why even go down this road this far? I bet contract reasons that she has to be in so many episodes. That's my guess. Mm. Like they committed to it early before they'd really thought it through. Yeah, maybe. I also have another note here that on the positive end of this episode, how shocking is it that we did not get Mumblemouth Mac in this episode? Very shocking. Isn't that crazy? Like, this is an episode that should definitely have featured one of these noir mumble fest things. Death is a hole. (laughs) Death is around every corner. But how? (laughs) We reveal it. Flight through the pain. (laughs) It's shadows. The shadows come. It's in our death. It's in our shadow. All right. (laughs) Guys, you want to play a game? Game time. All right, guys, we're going to play a fun little game of three in five. For those of you who don't recall how this game is played, we uh, will be given a general topic. You will have five seconds to name three examples that fall within that topic. If you, you get one point for each correct answer that you give and four points if you manage to name all three. All right. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. All right, all right, all right. Keith, this episode features a horribly butchered quote from the play Hamlet. Other than the titular character, name me three characters appearing in Hamlet. Uh, Horatio. um, Oh, oh, oh. uh, uh, Oh, God, I can't remember the girlfriend. One. No, I know them all. Uh, Uh, And you get one. Ophelia. Damn it. I feel you. Eamon, name me three other Shakespeare plays besides Hamlet. Uh, A Midsummer Night's Dream, uh, Julius Caesar, and Othello. Yeah. Keith, name me three other famous playwrights. I hate this that is game. that what is a zero. Fuck? Are you I hate, kidding me? I hate this game. My, my mind goes instantly. Instantly, blank. <laughs> you just got exactly <laughs> like you, zero. I just stamped points. at you. Instantly blank. Damn, All right, Amen. Maybe three other famous playwrights: Tom Stoppard, Arthur Miller, uh, <sighs> Ovid. Is he a playwright? Ovid, keep reaching back. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you Ovid. <laughs> Ovid, is he a playwright? <laughs> is he, or is he an epic poet? I don't know if he really wrote those. Isn't it more the muse? I don't know. All right, you know what? I'm giving it to him though. So currently the I'm score is <laughs> currently the score is one to eight. I feel like an idiot. Yeah, and a real idiot. Tony Morrison, <laughs> Tennessee Williams. Yeah, Tennessee Williams. Keith, this is this is not going to end well. My <laughs> mind goes so blank. Yeah, well, this is a great question Focus about up. about the mind because oh. give me give me three examples of famous psychotherapists: Freud, Jung. And, you know, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's two. Hey, that's your best round so far. Your favorite philosopher? Also Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Ready to get down to business? I am. To defeat the Hun? That's right. All right, name me, the, name me the three parts of the mind according to Freud. Oh, I don't know. Uh, the the, the uh, subconscious, or no, uh, the conscious... I even gave you a couple extra seconds. Uh, no. It's the, what, id, iliad, and... Yeah, the id and the iliad. <laughs> no, is, it the, is it the Ovid, id, the ego, ego and the, the super, super ego? ego? It sure is. Mother fudge and the iliad. dunker. The iliad. The odyssey. <laughs> Electra. Yeah, Electra. <laughs> yeah. You gotta fight the hand. Keith. That's right. <sighs> Keith, name me three members of the Fellowship of the Ring. Ooh. Uh, Frodo, 
uh, Sam and uh, Smithy. What is his name? Smithy. Yeah, you nailed it. Smithy. Smithy. That's what they all called him, right? Yeah. What? I don't know. <laughs> God damn it. God. Yeah. Yeah. Keith, this is your uh, best performance yet. Oh, you so, uh, I, I was only thinking of the, the little... The, the Hobbits. Hobbits. You were always thinking of the Hobbits. You were looking for Samwise Gamgee, yeah. I think. Well, no. Yeah. I think it's not like Boromir yeah, or I know. Gimli, There's son of Gloin. Even Gandalf. Gandalf. You could have named Gandalf. The gray and the white. That counts yeah. too. Aragorn, a.k.a. Strider. Son of Arathorn. Aemon. Yes, sir. Name me three dwarves featured in The Hobbit. Oh, shit. Uh, Oaken, Thorin. Uh, 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 shit. It's Thorin, Oaken, Shield. That's the only one. No, that's Smithy. one. Smithy. Maybe he was from the hot. That, yeah. That's what I was thinking. I would have accepted Oin, Gloin, Biffer, Bofer, Bomber. <laughs> I could keep going, but Boffer. <laughs> Boffer. <laughs> we'll leave it there. Keith, I'm going to keep harping on these congressional points until oh, we nail them. No. Keith, name me three members of the House of Representatives Norcross? Uh, uh, um. Uh, you can't do this to me. My mind <laughs> is like a jelly. Your mind is like a sieve. <laughs> I know. You just enter it and fall like right through it. A jelly. Well, you you successfully named one out of uh, I can 435 do this. I'm not that members guys. of the House of Representatives. <laughs> Amen. I'm you might be able to predict what your question's going to be. Uh-oh. But name me three members of the United States Senate. Oh, uh, Bernie Sanders. Uh, shit, that guy I hate. Um, that that doesn't narrow it down. <laughs> All right, you each got one point. Uh, that's one pathetic. Yeah. That's pathetic. Wow, guys. Spoiler alert: Every game I produce is going to have a congressional component until we nail this. <laughs> <laughs> but my brain can't do it right. I oh, literally don't do remember. It now, the... let's try it right now. No, yeah, it's still, no, time, no, it's still... no, t- no time limit. I'll give you ten seconds. That's a time limit. You just made it hard. <laughs> Guys, you right. ready to hear the damage on this one? Yes. That's not good. Keith, out of five questions, you got a grand total of six points. It's not bad. Very respectable. <laughs> this is very respectable. Uh, Amen. I'm, I'm saying. Out of five questions, you managed to get a total of... 10 points. Wow. Making Eamon our illustrious winner. Yay. You're the best around. No one's going to ever keep you down. And that's how you play three and five. That was a lot of fun. That's really not how you play three and five. That's an exceedingly poor example of the way this game is played. Well, maybe just simplify these questions. I didn't think know like your audience. Were, know I, your. I didn't know feel your like players. these were too bad. No, I mean, Eamon went got eight out of eight points for his first two questions. This eight out of this eight. game is hard. You have five seconds. If you said name me three kinds of soda, I would be like, uh. <laughs> Keith, name me three kinds of soda. Coke, Pepsi, Sprite. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, well, I drink a lot of soda. <laughs> you no, do? I don't, no, I don't. Oh. Know. So before we wrap up with our final thoughts, uh, I want to play a clip with F. Bron McAsh. This is really interesting on his work on the episode. I'm the only immortal to have ever killed McLeod, albeit in a dream sequence. The whole idea of shadows uh, being a nightmare image rather than a real opponent was kind of interesting to uh, to play with because I got to double uh, the uh, the role of the shadow. Shadows was the only um, episode that we had five sword fights in one episode. Five? Holy shit. And uh, a lot. on a seven-day shooting schedule, that's quite a bit. Um, 
We actually shot a fight on day one and on day two and so on and so forth uh, because it's replicating the, the image of this statue was a black gown that went almost all the way to the ground because it had to cover you right down to your ankle bones. It had long hanging sleeves, what are called tippets, and then it had a, a hood that went over and in front of the face under which I wore a fencing mask that had been blacked out. So there's no peripheral vision whatsoever. It's sort of like a horse with blinders. You can't see anything at all. I had to have the sleeves sewn shut because the, the swinging moves of the sword would actually have the, the sleeves swinging around the cross hilt of the sword and catching it and arresting it halfway through a move and whatnot. So I'm fighting the costume. I can't even bend He's my knees. As soon as I do, yeah. the next step yes. will step on the inside of the hem, and I'll walk up the inside of my own costume. Super I did uh, four of the fight scenes um, involving the shadow, and as luck would have it, uh, I was also a bit ill. Uh, so all of the fights that were done in the dojo, which were the longest, most complex fights, I was running a fever of 102 Woof. normally, wearing all of this nonsense under the lights of the studio and whatnot. So in between takes, I would just pass out on, on this gym mat that they had laid down for me. Uh, one of the things about the episode which was uh, also interesting was because for the longest time, you don't know whether it is a real person or a nightmare image. And I went with the idea of nightmare images repeat themselves. So I thought, how are we gonna get five sword fights and a kata, a beautiful, beautiful sword kata, it's into one episode. I mean, I, as an actor, I take as long to learn fights as any other actor, even though I've choreographed them. The idea of nightmare images repeating themselves, I thought, well, perfectly legitimate, we'll use the same phrase uh, again and again and again in each fight scene and see if anybody picks up on the fact that this, it's just like a, a video image looping. Uh, the other thing was that because it's That's unrealistic, the cadence it. to the fight is not the way a normal human would fight, which is totally non-syncopated. Bam, ba-bam, ba-ba-ba-bam, ba-bam, like this, like, almost like a musical bar. It's just wham, 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 like this. And what I was trying to reproduce was the feeling of an accelerated human heartbeat. Just boom, 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 mm -hmm. as you would if you were in, in the throes of a nightmare. In a way, it was a very interesting thing to do, being reality, non-reality, which is which sort of thing, until the last scene where Mac realizes, because the ring on the glove, that it is actually Garrick this time. That's, That's super pretty cool. interesting. He's an interesting guy. And he, like, I think he's great. Of, put a lot of intention behind a lot of moves in this, which is cool. Yeah. And pick up on that. It might be worth a rewatch. A re rewatch. Re -re 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 -re. That's right. Uh, so, how about we talk a little bit about the Watcher Chronicles? Learn a little bit about Mr. Garrick. Garrick. <laughs> Mr. Harold Ramis. Mr. J. Garrick. Um, so, John Garrick, he was born in 1223 in Durham, England. His first death was in 1259. Uh, he fell from the roof of, an unfin of the unfinished Westminster Abbey. That's fun. So, yeah. he's like, carving some stone up there and takes a dive uh his first teacher was rosamond of kent his recent base of operations is vancouver all right so he's nearby i guess the seacouver area yeah uh occupation is stonemason sculpture and he was deceased in 1994 let's read his chronicle if you ask garrick about his mental health problems he'd be the first to tell you he's beaten it freud's thought so young thought so even sean burns was convinced you Why do you keep seeing these people if, if he'd beaten it? Yeah. 
Yeah, right? Weird. <laughs> if Freud did it, why did he like, oh, well, cool, let me go to one of his students, get a second and third opinion. Yeah, <laughs> good point. Uh, you'd have to be his watcher, not his shrink, to see that all is still not well in Garrick's mind. Some say he's been crazy since he was born. Uh, that his gift of vision and his insanity both f- flow from the same dark recess of his mind. But chronicles show that for 400 years, he was a gentle soul who viewed his gifts of sculpture, vision, and immortality all as blessings from God. Only after the fiery death of his last wife, Juliana, and his own burning by a superstitious mob, did his personal demons begin to overpower him. Now, after 400 years uh, of firsthand knowledge of how mankind treats its insane, Garrick can walk the walk and talk the talk of sanity. He says he knows how the mind works, and he does. Only it's not a healthy mind. It's his own. Wow. There we go. Is that, that's not how mental illness works, right? Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get what the deal is there. <laughs> I'm not so there sure we exactly go. what he's doing. I guess he, like, fools these people into thinking he's insane, but, like, he's voluntarily going to see them. So why does he need to maybe fool get, them? Maybe that's another layer to his psyche. He gets off on tricking people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's John Garrick. Any other final thoughts on this episode? You want to rate this? Yeah, it's rated. Keith, how many... Age of Fear Gargoyles, would you give this episode? I'm giving this one four. I like four. I, wow, that's I, impressive. I like this episode a lot. Yeah, I really do. Do you care to say more or no? Uh, do you care to justify your, your point and your existence or no? I can, or just nah? I can justify why I like this episode. I don't know if I can justify my own existence. But <laughs> uh, no, a lot of the things I said before, I the visuals are great. The, st- the style of this episode, I think, does a lot of hard work to kind of trump some of its shortfallings which is good it explores some interesting territory i think this could have been done better obviously i this could definitely have been a two-parter this could have also been you know again if this series was made today this image you might see over five or six episodes or you know this could be a really interesting mystery to unravel that's my thoughts on it the flashback is awesome flashback is dope yeah amen We've uh we've been along for this ride. How many Corey Light shows will you give this episode? I'm giving this three Corey Light shows. I thought, you know, the main plot was pretty cool. I don't really dig the magic. I don't dig Corey Light. But and is it a kind of magic? Uh, I guess it is a I kind guess of it magic. Is a kind of magic. I'm not sure what kind. A kind of stupid kind. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of dumb kind of magic. But you know, it's still pretty good. Okay. And how many uh, Ann Lindsay police reports will I give this episode? Uh, I'm also going to give it three out of five police reports. I think the style of this episode is great. A lot of the bones of this episode are really excellent. But it just kind of falls short in a lot of key areas for me. And it just, like, raises so many bizarre questions along the way that, like, really stop me from fully buying into the entire thing. Like, just a lot of things in this episode that could have been really interesting just feel unearned and the abusive relationship with Anne just takes me way out of it you gotta go girl you gotta get out of here trust your instincts stay (laughs) gone stay gone gone girl Mm. gone baby gone that's right well that's been this week's episode it's been a lot of fun talking about this one we hope you enjoyed it and make sure to join us next week when our episode is going to be season three episode 10 blackmail another fun one we can't wait i've been one of your rewatchers i'm keith this is kyle this is damon bye bye I like how Mac gives Richie shit for eating hot dogs, but Matt can have a pastrami sandwich.
Wait, what? That, that's what you thought <laughs> oh, yeah, about? Yeah, I this. just got a bunch of shit for dissecting the municipal art show. Yeah. And, and you're having now. a chili dog versus pastrami debate? Yeah. I agree. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Pastrami is in a league, like, insofar as, like... Are you about to bust on a hot dog? You do not want to bust on a hot dog. I'm Uh-oh. saying that insofar as you're someone who busts on a hot dog, you're probably still okay with pastrami. You're going to, like, your nice Jewish deli. You're going to, like, Schlesinger's or Herschel's or something like that. Famous 4th Street. You're getting a pastrami sandwich. You're saying that that's, like, the same level of processing and uh, refinement as, like, getting a commercially available hot dog? I don't know about that. Hmm. From your street vendor? Hmm. Shenanigans. I don't think so. <laughs> Do you I think, think, I think a, you're applying elitist <laughs> criteria to these sandwiches. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes. The answer oh, is yes. John yes. Hodgman does not agree with you. I do not agree with Sir John Hodgman. I don't either, actually. There we go. Wait, you do think a hot dog's a sandwich? Yeah. Oh, we guess we're all... got to stop talking about whatever we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> this, I thought this is why people tuned in. Yep. 